Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined this week by Don Pizzette. Don, how are you doing? I am doing swell. It's the holiday season, so I'm having a hard time keeping the working mindset right now. Sure. I, uh, I just want to be on vacation. Well, next week you get not a vacation, but you get a fun trip. Yeah, I'll be over at the UK office, so I'll get to see our friends over the seas. Yeah, and, and, uh, and they have the fun Christmas markets and all those things. You know, I, I have a secret Santa over there I have to buy a gift for. I have no idea what to get them, so I, I wanted to get something like Spotted super dick. American cheesy. Fruitcake. Um, I was thinking like a, a Donald Trump bobblehead. Uh, but <laughs> MAGA hats for everyone. I don't know if I can get <laughs> fruitcake through customs. Uh, I think that's like a weapon of mass destruction. Like, yeah. yeah, like geology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a rock. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can get a... A Donald Trump bobblehead through customs, either. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works after Brexit. I have to think of some kind of decidedly American gift to get. Hmm. Yeah. A Bass Pro Shop gift card. Yeah. <laughs> they can't use. They can't use. Yeah. That's not there. there you go. They told me I can't spend more than 10 pounds. I said, joke's on them. I'm not going to spend any pounds. <laughs> <laughs> we use dollar bucks. And that's right. And uh, Daniel, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. I spent it soft modding my Wii hmm. and uh, worked very well. Congratulations. I'm sure your wife's happy about that. Bob Dole approves. <laughs> Bob Dole approves. <laughs> There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Well, Bob Dole. Show's already this, off the rails. Pineapple's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and look at some news this week. A lot uh, happened. We've got some, some new product announcements, uh, a little bit of uh, security news, uh, some geopolitical fun, all kinds of things. This first article actually infuriates me a little bit, uh, so let's get into that from Tom'sHardware.com. Intel officially introduces pay-as-you-go chip licensing. Intel's Xeon Sapphire Rapid CPUs to activate additional features on demand. And when I first read this, I thought this meant you were like renting a chip in the cloud so you're paying as you use it somehow it's and it's like what chip. is it how is you know are you using some remote hardware and then i realized you're actually getting the chip and just not getting all of its features unless you're paying for it is that right right so intel they've actually been talking about this for a year and so they're just now rolling it out there's two different billing models here so right now if you go and buy an intel processor you get a hundred percent of that processor and you can use it a hundred percent of the time it's, it's yours you can use it forever you bought it uh unless I don't know, unless you get it repossessed or something. Otherwise, it's yours, you use it, and, and you go crazy. Well, they're introducing two new billing models. One is a consumption model where you're billed based on metered usage. So if you use 80% of the CPU that day, you get billed a certain value. And if you use 100% of the CPU that day, you get billed a different value. So you're actually billed as you use the processor. Now, for most people, like if you own a, a laptop or a desktop, that sounds like a really, really stupid deal, and you'd be absolutely right. This is really targeted to data centers, right? Uh, so high-end servers, enterprise data centers, where a usage model like this actually makes a lot more sense. Uh, they can save a bunch of money in some cases. I thought you were going to get way more specific. This is billed to only people named Joe who live in... Paraguay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. It's just a weird function, but they, they decided to go that way. What can I do? Well, this reminds me of like those uh, BMWs recently where they had an issue where to activate the heated seats, you had to pay a monthly fee. We were talking about right. this kind of thing. So now that is closer to what their second business model is, which is the okay. activation model. Mm -hmm. And the activation model, that's almost more like an in-app purchase in an mm -hmm. app on your phone. It's right? Like an upgrade. So, yeah, you got your Angry Birds, but if you want the Golden Bird or the one that looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi Shut or something. Shut up and take my money. Well, you got to pay an extra dollar, right? <laughs> yeah. So they have introduced in-app purchases to your CPU if you want to add some advanced functionality. And, and so far, they're gating a, a handful of, uh, of features that are, are really focused on people that uh, are running large-scale databases or machine learning workloads, things of that nature. Uh, so their dynamic load balancer, their software guard extensions, the Intel data streaming accelerator, uh, the in-memory analytics accelerator, each of these little features are ones that most people don't need. 
And if people do need them, they usually only need like one of them. I, I don't think there is a use case where somebody would need all of the features. And so what you can do is you can buy the CPU without those features on day one. And then when you need them, you can pay extra to unlock those extra features. And now you've got them. They haven't come out with all the details on it yet, but it sounds like once you unlock it, you you do have that feature forever. So at least it's not monthly billing like the consumption model, but it is a a brave new world for CPUs. You, you don't own what you buy. What do you think? You think this is going to fly, or you think there's like a niche market that they'll make some money? You think off we have a choice? Or? Well, <laughs> so they're, they're not the first to do this. Like the IBM mainframe model. If you ever oh, worked yeah, on any Z true. series mainframe, yeah. that's how they build for decades. It's expensive. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, well, you would. I you, would believe yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> but this is more hitting consumers where that was more of kind of a B2B thing. So, you know, I think the general public was not used to that kind of billing method for this type yeah. of right. device. And I don't think the general public ever will be. Like, yeah. if the Intel, if Intel tried to roll this out on consumer laptops right now, people would start buying ARM processors more mm. and just say, well, Intel can stuff it. And, you know, there, I mean, there's not a whole lot of doing loyalty anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Is does this does this add to e waste because there's components that that are built into every chip that that aren't used that you know not really because we're so talking about such it really depends on volume because in a way they're they're actually saving money because it, this might have been five okay. different CPUs before and now it's just one CPU and in five different production lines to make right. five different chips and now right. they're able to just now, I'm sure there's some tipping point. Sure. where you know the amount of processes they make offsets the equipment they have or, or whatever and I, I don't know what that is but I would I would assume that this is more efficient hmm. well, it still pisses me off but <laughs> you know what happens when you assume yeah you are right every time <laughs> <laughs> well they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't it profitable or efficient well, but we don't know that it's profitable if there's one thing we know about Intel it's that they make great decisions all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's your uh, itanium processor that's amazing that's amazing <laughs> yeah, do they, bad that sits on the shelf do they have microsoft <laughs> help them name these then it would be the itanium uh <laughs> itanium pentium series seven series, oh, yeah. series. Duo, <laughs> duo core duo, <laughs> duo core Six. It was getting out of hand for a little while, yeah. right? The Intel Core 2 Duo. Yeah. Uh, right? It was yeah. nuts. Yeah. That, that was real. Yeah, that is yeah. annoying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's shift gears before no. we get too angry on this one uh, over to abcnews.go.com. They're still using that go. Um, U.S. FCC bans sales and import of Chinese tech from Huawei and ZTE. And I know we've talked about in the past that this was something that the federal government couldn't use, but this is now saying that you're not going to import it for anyone in the U.S., That is right? correct, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of people who looked at this and said, oh, the government's being paranoid, and oh, the Chinese government's not spying on us, and and even if they are spying on us, the Huawei equipment is so cheap that I, I don't <laughs> really care. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay to give up certain civil liberties <laughs> yeah. for a free hey, Android device. It's almost like a subsidized piece of equipment at that point, yeah. uh, and it's a trade-off. You do it with Facebook every day, right, if you use I Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just uh, Huawei and CTE as well, though. There, there's also several... Uh, camera manufacturers are involved, which I was shocked that Foscam was not one of them. Uh, Foscam was Maybe they're just too small. But. Uh, Hikvision was on the list. Yeah. Uh, which, Hikvision? Uh, so, this is from Bilton, like <laughs> Tennessee. It's not, yeah, Virginia. Yeah. Have Justin you heard of Hikvision before? I have not. Okay. So I, I've actually not just heard of, but seen and used Hikvision cameras over the years because they're, they're low-cost cameras. They're used in a lot of security systems. Mm. Uh, but it is a dumb name, especially if you're from yeah. the American South, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not South America. But <laughs> not <laughs> South America. Uh, I'm sure they have entirely different. Too. Every country yeah. has Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> they just call them different things. That's yeah. true. So, uh, so yeah, it is a number of different companies. Now, the reason it's important, the reason I wanted to bring it up on the podcast today is. In the past, you could ignore what the U.S. government was doing if you wanted to. A lot of people do. You mean um, standard operating procedure? Yeah, as long as you don't ignore taxes, right? That didn't work oh, out for Wesley man. Snipes. Yeah, no. but, uh, uh, but you can ignore most of what the American government does. But in this case, they are blocking the import. So you're, you're, they're not able to import Huawei and ZTE equipment. With Hikvision, they have to certify that the equipment will not be used in the surveillance system, which Hikvision is not going to do. So Put straw hats on everybody, a little corn cob pipes. Mm -hmm. So here's the challenge. Like, Let's say you're an IT director, and last year you went ahead and, and said, screw it, we're, we're going Huawei. Go ahead and bring in all that equipment. And, and you did it. Well, now you won't be able to get replacements. 
if something gets damaged and you try and do like a warranty repair, not going to happen. Well, Customs I mean, the Huawei stuff is so good. Hey, you don't have to worry about that then. Huh? Yeah, usually the cheapest equipment <laughs> yeah. is the most it's durable. Amazing. I think that's so, how that works. So right? they're going to be taking uh, cocaine <laughs> yeah. out of the trucks and <laughs> in Mexico wrong, and putting though. Huawei devices in to get them across <laughs> the border. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, they just stole all those components from Cisco anyway, right? You just slap oh. some, some Cisco replacement parts and you're good to rock. You know, intellectual property theft is a, a big part of our modern industry. <laughs> that's how we get things done, <laughs> done. That's how we get things done. So yeah, this is a challenge. If if you did make the decision to go ahead and, and use Huawei or ZT equipment or, or whatever, uh, you really do need to come up with a plan to replace it at this point because you you just you won't be able to get replacement parts for that in the near future. All right. So here's a question I have because you'd say, oh well, then we'll just get our devices that are made in well, never mind, they're all made in China. But the difference with someone like let's say an Apple device, it's made in China, but it's not a a Chinese company that manufactures it or it. Okay, it's a Chinese company that manufactures it, but it's an American company, so... So what, what you're trying different. to say is, if it's made in China, that's not okay, unless it's also designed in California. Yeah, it has to be designed <laughs> and, in Cupertino. Right? Yeah. So, uh, honestly, Apple gets a pass on this because... They're Apple? Yes. Why not? Yeah, they really are. If you, I mean, Apple does so many things that are just on the edge of being illegal, right? Like... There is a rule that the FCC has a rule that if you have a radio in your device, you have to have that FCC stamp on your device, That's right? Correct. And you have to say what country it was made. It has to say made in blah, 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 right? But if you take an iPhone and look at it, you won't see that. Hmm. It is there, printed in like dark gray ink on a gray spot on, on the, the back phone. side of on, the Yeah. And, and uh, no, they, they literally do that. Nice. And that, that's why when you get a, an Apple box and it's a white box with light gray writing on there, they don't want you to see the writing. They want you yeah. to see the Apple logo. And so, yeah, oh, it, it's designed in California. Well, that's nice. That's not what the rule says. The rule says you have to say where it was made. It was made in China and it was made by Foxconn. Nine Which times is having their own troubles right now. There's, oh, yeah. The, yeah. The zero COVID stuff in the factories. It's, I, I'm guessing we're going to see some supply chain issues with, uh, with new phones as, yeah. As far as I can figure, the reason that, that Apple gets a pass on this one is that at least the software is developed and controlled here within the United States. Yeah. So even if malicious third-party components were added to the hardware, they would turn it up, in, in theory, mm. you know, in, in their in software. Theory. Yeah. In theory. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, have you, have you ever heard the story about the, you know, the bottom of, like, Converse Chuck Taylors, uh, how they're kind of fuzzy when you first get them? You ever notice that? The yes. sole? No. I knew that, yeah. They're... Uh, I'm paraphrasing a long story into a short story, but the the tariffs on importing shoes versus importing slippers are very different. So they're able to classify them as slippers, uh, really, with the bottom to save tons of money. Obviously, huh. and uh, yeah, so that's like sounds like wow. what Apple's doing. Like, oh, we're, yeah. yeah, sure, we'll put that stamp on there they in the same the color. Right? As that's the, the whole idea. Everybody's yeah. everybody's out there gaming it. I just want to see the fuzzy soul. Oh, well, it's just Peter's wrong. It's just again. something you can just com. kind of feel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, YouTube uh, was quick to correct us on Mongolia uh, last week. Remember how we were like, yeah, yeah Mongolia, that's not a country. And then we're like, oh, crap, that's a country. No, I said it was a country. Yeah. 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 And, and it used to it be. didn't correct me. No. They... <laughs> Some of us were corrected. Uh, I want to see what, what I, I was told uh, by this one gentleman. Oh, and uh, just just for the record, yeah. I've so far found at least one article corroborating your story. So uh, it, it does appear to be true. Uh, but I'm just trying to find a picture that shows. You can't it's really all zeitgeist style. Oh, or whatever, right. Right? It's yeah. just like you kind of feel you're like, that's almost like a little. Yeah. And, it, and it wears off like. Immediately. Within you know a couple of days of wearing the shoes outside, which is where it gets interesting. Because you're like, now did my shoe become. A sneaker? Yeah. Overnight. All right, this guy says, Mongolia is a country. In the past, China was a part of Mongolia, not the other way around, because I said that backwards. Because right, the Mongolians yeah. invaded China, right? Yeah. And then, the old Genghis Khan thing? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Mongolia. Right. What's this? Uh, according to that episode of South Park, <laughs> yes, that, that is what happened. <laughs> do you remember? What yes, the I do. City Walk? You know, I, I, <laughs> I, for whatever reason, I just stopped watching South Park. Probably in like 2007 or eight. Yeah. So there's a lot of it that I've missed, but that was not one of them. That was a good one. <laughs> and apparently, we also said that all Russians were bad. Um, but he pointed out that uh, 
the, they are not all bad people, but living inside Russia, they pay taxes for the war machine. Therefore, they're all guilty, just like the Germans were in World War II. So hot take uh, yeah, hot there take. from, from yeah. that person. And but, I, I thought I said that not all Russians are bad. It I, could be, but all right, well, I edited out the not part. <laughs> when, when that. Just trying to get you in trouble there. Uh, so, yeah, if you were thinking about pulling the trigger on that new uh, Huawei bulk order for the office. Get some Chuck Taylors instead. Maybe, yeah. get, some, get some Chuck Taylors. They'll hide the Huawei's yeah, right, in there. Right. You slide the Huawei chips. It's, no, they're like, uh, these aren't phones. These are slippers. We put a soft bottom no, on no, them No, 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 no. That's a... That, yeah. <laughs> Next year, we'll be like, you ever notice how Huawei switches are kind of fuzzy on the bottom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sell them as slippers. <laughs> All right, uh, another um, slightly confusing story coming your way from uh, Yahoo, uh, Yahoo's UK news. Um, Epson phases out laser printers over sustainability concerns because the price of those lasers uh, and, the, and the impact on the environment. But I, I did read this one because I was I was really curious. I'm like, how? What is the difference? But it it sounded to me like two things. Number one, the the heat and things that that those printers put off, and then all the things you have to replace. Like in an inkjet, you just replace the little ink cartridge. I've never worked with a laser jet yeah. in, at home. I just thought when ran out of ink, you just replaced the printer. I think that's what you're, yeah. you're supposed to do. So yeah. mechanically, inkjet printers are a lot more simple than, than laser printers. Okay. Laser printers are, are complex devices. Uh, but also monetarily, I think companies like Epson make a lot more money off of ink refills than they do off of toner cartridges. But there's, there's a few reasons why laser jets are better and a few reasons why laser jets are worse. And Epson has just decided that the, the tipping point has finally been reached where it doesn't make sense for them to sell laser printers anymore. And, you know, I, I just had to buy a new printer at home uh, maybe a month ago, not, not very long ago. And I, I did buy an Epson inkjet Thankfully, not a laser jet. Uh, well, they still said they would support the ones out there with with the uh, okay. consumables. They said I wanted to get a laser, but I was surprised to see how expensive they were. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they're four or five hundred dollars for a decent one, and they go up from there. I figured, hey, it's been that technology's been around for 20, 25 years now. It should be less expensive, but the price is still up there. And what drives up the cost on them is with a laser printer. First off, there's there's the toner, right? So the toner has resin that it uses, you know, a little black powder that it throws on a page that you melt on there. Um, that resin is actually toxic. Yeah, I was going to say, don't sniff it. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel tried. That doesn't work. That, that delicious did not resin. Work out. <laughs> <laughs> He's still not right. Yeah. What? <laughs> Seeing demons. Oh, man, they're all over me. <laughs> the bugs, they're crawling under my skin. Uh, anyway. And uh, yeah. So <laughs> So printer demons. So there's there's the the, there the is toner, such a thing right? As a printer demon, which is funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll get a t-shirt made for that. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is you have to melt the resin to the paper. So there's a corona wire, like an actual heating element, a, a drum that has to be magnetized or charged. Uh, yeah, not, charged not magnetized, so, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so you get positive and negative charges and all this mess, and it's just a complex device. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Uh, it's not energy efficient, like the power draw. If you ever buy a laser printer, it'll always have in the in the manual, do not plug into a power strip, plug directly into the wall. And it's because they're worried about how many amps it draws when it, it heats up that wire. So, you know, there, there's a lot to it versus an inkjet that just is like an air stream that's yeah, it's just like ink. spitting out ink. Yeah. Basically, it's a jet of ink. And so I understand how, how that works. I understand how, you know, dot matrix works. Is is a laser printer just kind of the same as a dot matrix where it's the laser is just kind of pushing the the toner against the paper or how, how does that how does it actually print so the the laser doesn't actually hit the paper the laser draws the image on the drum so okay. the laser is what's changing it i think it's from a positive That's to a negative charge. charge yeah and then the negative charge when the drum rolls over the toner the toner jumps up and sticks wherever there's a negative charge. charge that makes yeah. sense okay and then as the paper comes across, the paper, the corona wires, what's setting up the positive charge on yeah. that, and the toner jumps from the drum to the paper. Okay. And then it goes through a heating element that has a name I can't remember. All right. Yet. So, so if if this is truly about sustainability and not, you know, hey, we weren't making profit here or anything like that, why don't we repurpose all these old laser jets uh, as heating elements? I mean, the the cost of heating right now in in the UK, for for example, very very high. Can we just print things and somehow ship that heat into people's homes? We could 
Mm-hmm. All right, how about this? Okay. We, we take the heating elements from the printers and use those to heat homes, and then we could take the lasers out and strap them onto sharks' foreheads. Yes. And freaking uh, lasers. Yeah. On their freaking foreheads. Yeah, it's hard to get. It is. It, yes. it really is. What, they, what do you get at first, tuna? I mean, the training something? alone <laughs> on those sharks. I remember because that was the thing. He's like, all I'm asking for is sharks with lasers. You got to hire, hire Heinzkin's velvet. Yeah, it's right? a whole process. Uh, yeah, but it says you got to replace the, uh, where did it go? The toner, the drum, the developer, and the fusers. So The fuser, oh, that, that's the that's heating the element. Part, that's what okay. I couldn't remember earlier. So there's a lot more parts and maintenance, which makes sense for you know why you really just see them in offices because they'll spit out paper a lot quicker so you'll you'll need those in office settings but there's also a lot more plus they kill maintain. about 400 people every year is that right i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but you said it convincingly yeah. honestly that's good enough for today's yeah, news i'll take it would it people uh the world over be happy about this news because do they enjoy Printers uh, no are the one bane en- of our experience. Yeah, no one enjoys dealing with, yeah. with printers, but is this a lot easier now? Like, oh, thank God I don't have to do that thing where I get toner all over me. You know, in a in a high-volume environment, uh, a, a toner cartridge will last a lot longer than an ink cartridge. Mm-hmm. So in most offices, you will have laser printers. And so, you know, if you're an IT person out there, if you use Epson laser printers, then this is an issue. But if you use Canon HP, or like HP, or whatever. Yep. Uh, one of the other guys, then, then you're fine, but... If Epson made the decision today, how long before some of the other vendors start looking at it and saying, we need to move away from laser? Because there's only a handful of printing solutions out there, right? So there's, there's inkjet and laserjet are the two most common. After that, there's the, the one that takes the weird wax cubes. Do you remember what that's called? Uh, Wes were here. He would yet. know it Wes like that. Know, yeah, he um, loves that stuff. And there's like dye sublimation printers. There's a, there's a few other variants, but like lasers and ink, that that's, that's the, the top dogs. two. Yeah. yeah. Wax cubes. Um, I've stopped using uh, inkjet I, or, or replacing just the cartridges. I thought you were I, just going to stop with, I've stopped using. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Yeah, I say that every yeah, every holiday every season. Yeah. Um, but I've, I just I use my blood now um, because it's cheaper yeah. and I can regenerate yes, it. Yes, indeed. And, uh, yeah, it works just as fine. Best wax 3D printer. No, that's a 3D printer. Yeah. it Scented wax candles. Okay, that's just an. Don's looking it up. I, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. They're fancy. Like if you work in a professional print shop, or yeah. if you go down to like FedEx Kinkos or whatever, they'll have one there where they're these hard colored cubes or uh, something rectangle. Not a rectangle. What's a three dimensional rectangle? A three dimensional rectangle. Oh, no, no. Okay. A cube is a, a three dimensional square. Right? Right, yeah. Square. So it's a parallelogram. No. There we go. So you take the rhomboid or whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> the, <rhombus? laughs> the graboid, and you just... the graboid. All of a sudden, we're sticking Trevor's. <laughs> All right, Michael Gross, <laughs> and you you drop it in I there. I feel like I was not properly briefed. <laughs> He showed up with guts all over that. I'll tell you what. He is an underrated. A it's called a cuboid. That man is funny. A rectangle is a two-dimensional Q, figure. Yeah. A cuboid uh, is any a three D rectangle is a cuboid. I did, why did I know that? I've never heard. That's crazy. It's not like something they teach you in school. So today we learned uh, Converse or slippers. Yeah. Three D rectangles, cuboids. Nailed it. Uh, what else did we learned? Oh, the, how many people are killed by laser printers each year? Yeah. Uh, approximately, yeah, approximately. No one knows for sure. Wow, that's fun. It's, All right, it's it's an ongoing study. <laughs> Speaking of ongoing studies, this one was super interesting to me. If are we done with the printers? You I think so. Yeah. I, I can't find the answer. If you can find question, that other one, yeah. 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 Well, Wes, <laughs> yeah, where are you at? All right. Uh, this next article is from ArsTechnica.com. It says, "Thinking about taking your computer to the repair shop." Be very afraid. And what's interesting is with our audience, we're more, uh, there's a better chance that we're talking to the computer repair person than the person that would take their computer in for repair. Um, so shame on you uh, <laughs> for for what you've been doing. But uh, Don, you want to fill us in on what's, what this study found? All right. So I don't know how to pronounce this, but the University of Guelph? Guelph? Sure. Uh, is that a Middle Earth? Golf? Yeah, it seems like it. It's actually in Ontario, oh, Canada, okay. which is very close to Mordor. It's uh, <laughs> It's from Dark Crystal. So you ever hear about the scientific studies they do over things that are just common sense or nobody yes. cares about, like yes. why monkeys like bananas yeah. or... Um, 
you know, what the average number of fingers a human being has. And, and you're like, do we really need <laughs> to like, do a study on that? I feel like we've got that on lock. And they well, right. yeah. this is a case of where they did a study on one of those things that I always just assumed people knew happened, which is if you take your computer in to get it repaired and you give the people doing the repair access to your computer – they are going to violate your privacy left and right with no qualms whatsoever, especially the unwritten law, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Uh, so that's why, like, you know, if, if I send a laptop in for repair, the laptop's encrypted and I don't give them a password. Yeah. And, you know, hey, if, if it's a software thing, you can just format the computer. Yeah. Right. And um, send it back to me. I'll restore my backup. Yeah. If I'm sending it to you, it's for hardware, not software. Right. I'll fix software on my own. Um, so, they did a study. They took uh, a handful of laptops and went to 12 different commercial repair shops. They ran monitoring software on the laptops. They set up half of them to look like they were owned by a man and another half to look like they were owned by a woman. And then they sent them in for repair. And what they found was that in over 50% of the case, the people doing the repair on the laptop searched it for pictures and copied them off to personal data. They actually seeded them with some pictures, uh, revealing pictures and things like that, um, which the the repair people promptly accessed. And so they were they were really surprised that the number was so high that the number was just over fifty percent. I I was surprised it was so low. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would think not that I would do that. And but. and bear with my my train of thought here that you'd be more likely to search a man's computer because the woman might just have pictures of one woman. The man's Herself. computer might have pictures of, of many women. Yeah. All right. Didn't, didn't think of that logic, but I, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Oh, okay. Now, uh, we know I, how Peter thinks now. Uh, one other scientific <laughs> question. What did the woman look like who brought the computer? So correct me if I'm wrong, they did say that like they, I think that they kind of portrayed the woman, some of the women as or to some of the um, uh, texts, as that the woman was attractive, mm-hmm. right? They kind of like made them sense. try to think of them. Yeah, they walked in and said, attractive. "So I use this laptop for my OnlyFans, and I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. seem." To- <laughs> Dude, if you read the comment section on this, oh no, it, oh, it was went amazing. off the wall. I yes. avoid comments. So, <laughs> yeah. so I do, I do want to just you know make a, a blanket statement that you know it, this behavior is not okay. No, no. no, but it is something that happens that is somewhat well-known in the industry and not something that they've taken action on. Uh, and just like here in the United States, the, the the one that pops into mind is the Best Buy Geek Squad, You're right? right? Uh, and there have been numerous times where people have gotten in trouble over that. Uh, but there's actually a bit of a, a conflict. So in the U.S., there is a, a rule that basically says if somebody's repairing your laptop and they come across illegal content, so usually it's child pornography, yeah, right. uh, that they are required by law to report it to the authorities. Well, the way that particular statute or whatever was written almost encourages the repair people to go through and search your laptop. Yeah, when I was looking for that. Yeah. When they were passing the law, there were a number of people like the EFF and several organizations that were protesting against it, saying, wait a minute, you're giving these people immunity to search our laptops against our will. And so that that was a big deal several years ago. And so fast forward to today, and it's really not any different. You can see from the study about half of the time these people were digging through your laptops. So the, the message I want to communicate out to you guys here is, you know, that it is a bad situation. It's not being fixed, and, and it's probably not going to get fixed anytime soon. So if you take a laptop in for repair or a desktop or whatever, you cannot trust the people that you hand it over to. You can't really trust anybody when you hand over your device to them. So that's why having your device encrypted, not letting the device out of your sight. If you need help with a software problem, you need to stand there and watch while they work on it. Don't just hand it over. And where people get into a, a real pickle is they don't encrypt their laptop, and then they have some kind of problem that makes the display not work. And so they need to take it in to get it worked on, but they didn't encrypt the laptop. They can't encrypt yeah, it now because they can't it. see. Yeah. It's too late. So you External need to take monitor. action now before the problem happens. So uh, I, I uh, against my own judgment, went down to the comment section. And there, <laughs> someone did uh, put a suggestion. I'm curious if this would help. I mean, obviously encrypting it, it sounds like the way to go. Maybe for the less savvy uh, people, not that that's a super hard thing to do, but they said, would having another account for the repair shop have helped. So to create a different user and say, hey, here's where you can go and 
Well, so check it, if something works. Or... It depends. So maybe uh, on some operating systems, they do enough user isolation where giving them a separate account would work. But what's the what type of user account do you think the repair shop is going to ask for? Mm, yeah, admin, an admin account, right? Because oh, we got to fix drivers or, yeah. or whatever. And, software. And so at that point, no, it does not help. Yeah. No. So do they have to install? some sort of special tracking software on, on the computers ahead of time? Or do, would the normal logs tell you, here's what has well, been accessed? All right, here's how you know it's a student study. So uh, <laughs> they use built-in tools, like the okay. Windows Problem Steps Recorder and, and things like that. And so in some of the laptops they got back, they actually weren't able to verify whether the system was accessed because the logs had been cleared or whatever. So they, they should have used third-party software to monitor and, and record, but they didn't. So they, they used built-in tools for it. So that's that's the smart text that cleared the logs before yeah. they gave it back. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, just be careful. Maybe read the reviews of where you're taking your device in the future. And I, honestly, if they had five star reviews, a thousand glowing, if my mom recommended them to me, I still wouldn't trust them. Yeah. Not one single bit. Five star reviews. Yeah. Five five star five yeah. out of five. When <laughs> I paid them Bitcoin, they gave me my files right back. Yeah. Well, that's the <laughs> like question too. That you know, are, reasonably priced. Are they just looking at this stuff? Are they saving it to a flash drive? Yeah. You know, that, like yeah. that's that's yeah. the thing. It's uh, that's frightening. All right. Well, um, let's take a quick break and and. God, it, it, the news doesn't get any better after this. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and, and take a quick break so you can you know decompress and uh, encrypt your hard drive. Encrypt your hard drive real quick, and we'll <laughs> see you back here quick. in just a few seconds. This is Josh. Josh spent $2,500 on a week of classroom training for CompTIA A+, and got certified. Josh got a good job that pays $40,000 per year. This is Jeremy. Jeremy only spent $299 on a full year of training from IT Pro TV, including A and 300 other courses. Jeremy also got a great job that pays $40,000 per year. Jeremy used the more than $2,200 he saved on IT training for a fabulous tropical vacation. Now, Jeremy is still using his IT Pro TV membership to study for Network Plus and Security Plus to advance his career, but not spending any more money. Since all three are on included in his IT Pro TV membership plus 300 more courses. Don't be like Josh. Choose IT Pro TV for your IT training. The IT Pro TV app is available for iOS and tvOS. The modern user interface makes navigation easy. Recently watched videos can be found on the home screen, as well as our daily live streams. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Access the entire course library by clicking on the play icon. Navigate our content by category, certification, and job role. Learn where you want and when you want as a premium annual member by downloading episodes for offline viewing. Watch on the go and pick up later on any of your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app. All right, welcome back to TechNado. And uh, yeah, as we said, uh, the news is still, you know, a little depressing. But <laughs> uh, this next article that we've got, what segment is this? This is from our Doe segment. I didn't have to double click it, but I did. That's why it started twice. There you go. That's Commitment. not me. I'm not going to blame uh, our director as I normally would, because that was me today. <laughs> All right. This one is from TechCrunch.com. It says Microsoft says attackers are hacking energy grids by exploiting, 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 exploiting. It's a new uh, service that they do. Uh, Decades-old software. So that's what they're exploiting. Decades-old software. And is this one of those cases we've talked about? in the past with these kind of infrastructure things where they're relying on things that were never intended to be on the internet that they're, you know, remoting into or no, not, not in this case, in this case, it, it's really just shoddy maintenance and support. And I, I, I liked this article. I grabbed this one because they actually give us a real tangible example of, of what's happening. So we, we've heard that our power grid and our utility infrastructure in general is really, really vulnerable in the United States. So that, uh, if, 
Russian attackers or any nation state or whatever wanted to target us, they likely could be very successful at messing with our water supply and our power because of some negligent maintenance activities that have occurred over the years. Well, what Microsoft found was that many pieces of infrastructure that's you know, basically SCAD, SCADA, SCADA system, there we go. SCAD uh, is a college. Good point. Yep. Yeah. D- different than the college. So uh, SCADA. The, <laughs> SCAT. The, that's a different thing. That's a whole different thing. I'll switch terms. I'll go ICS. So the, the <laughs> industrial control systems. Smart. <laughs> Smart move, Don. ICS. Isn't that what you Smart get when, uh, when you get a meeting request? The, well played. Yeah, irritable bell. Well, it's ICS. No, it does. ICS yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, calendar invites are ICS. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, um, with these industrial systems, they need software to run them, right? And typically, that software is very, very stable, very resilient. It gets developed. It gets deployed on this single-purpose hardware, so there's not a lot that can go wrong, and it can run for decades and decades. Well, the problem with that is people won't maintain it for decades and decades. And what Microsoft found was that there's a vulnerability in the BOA web server. Now, if you haven't heard of BOA, I don't blame you. I've actually used it, but a long, long time ago. BOA was a small, simple web server that was designed to be used for developers. So if you were writing an app and you wanted to test on a web server, but you didn't want to bring up a full-blown server, because this was in the early days of virtualization, that you could fire up BOA and throw your web app on there and and test and and experiment. It was never designed to be used in production, and it stopped being supported in 2005, 17 years ago. Rest in peace, BOA. Well, (laughs) what Microsoft found was that there were, uh, the numbers in the article somewhere, thousands upon thousands of systems. I think it was over 100,000 systems. I can't find it, but uh, thousands and thousands of systems that are actively running BOA today, this very moment. And so there was a breach at a uh, an undisclosed power grid location. Wait, but and- you're saying BOA was for a, like a test environment. Yes. And people were, people were saying, well, I'll just use that in production? Because it was packaged with software development kits. Okay. And so developers would actually use it and then push it as part of their production application. They're not supposed ah, to, but they would. Okay. Uh, and so that's what happened here. And uh, in this case, a... Uh, an intrusion into a, a, a electric grid in India was basically due to the fact that they were running this ancient web server that had a vulnerability that had not been patched for 17 years, and the attackers were able to use that to get in and then take over that network. One million internet-exposed BOA server Ooh, components that was globally. off by an order of magnitude. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's what Microsoft said it identified. So there's over a million BOA web servers at on least. this planet, at least, that you know have not been updated for 17 years because that's when the last update came out. <laughs> so that's how vulnerable our infrastructure is. You see, wow. and this actually makes a really good point because, you know, if people that come into like new to cybersecurity, they think, or I get this a lot. Let me put it that way. Let me hedge my, my terminology here and the way I say things. I get it a lot that, oh, if you attack against some old software, some old operating system, some old server service or whatever, that's not realistic because people don't use that anymore. It's all updated now. It's been patched since then, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? I'm seeing a million, apparently, according to Microsoft, of these things that we just kind of forgot about. So just because it is old doesn't mean it's not being used and maybe being used in ways you don't realize. Like we see that with, uh, you know, if you have, uh, you know, oh, oh, eternal blue is no longer a problem. It's still a problem. Right, people still gain access through that because there are areas in the world that are still utilizing that software and can't update for X, Y, or Z reasons or won't or whatever. So don't discount it just because it's old or whatever. It could actually give you a million entry points into all sorts of wonderful little things. So the the it's the it's the idea, it's the concept behind it, and some of the practices in which you use, which can be similar to others that you need to learn and figure out and go. Hmm. I wonder if my network might have a little problem. But you would think that our our most important, you know, things like like these so types of things wouldn't thing. be those issues. Remember, two thousand five, right? Internet was around, mm. right? But it was still pretty young. Only the dot com bubble had 10, burst. Ten years old at this point. <laughs> yeah, Pets. Right? Com already came. You got to remember a lot of these SCADA systems and ICS systems and stuff had been developed in the seventies and eighties and implemented then. And then someone went, "This internet thing's amazing. What we should do is stop wearing pants and work from home, and I'll hook it up to the internet, and I can just yeah. admit this is the problem, right?" So now these systems that were never meant to be 
connected worldwide are now connected worldwide. So you're saying if we were able to not wear pants in the office, this would not <laughs> Probably not. People hate wearing pants. Yeah. You know, we should go to back to like loincloths or something, sure. I guess, and everybody be happy. Yeah, it's Florida. So, top. It is warm here. So, Daniel, you mentioned how like, you know, these old attacks are still relevant. Yeah. Uh, there were two CVEs that were used in this one. One of them was from 2021. The other CVE was used in 20 or was released in 2017. Nice. So you've got a five-year-old CVE that most people would probably ignore. Like, certainly my system has been patched since then. But because this system hadn't been patched for 17 years, the five-year-old CVE still still valid. Yeah. I love that. It's like a it's like a birthday party for your <laughs> yeah, for your IoT devices or your SCADA systems or whatever. I mean, end of the day this just comes down to money that these systems are expensive to to update or or, or lack of knowledge. Right. You know, uh, some people might look at these and say, "Well, yeah, it's got a web management interface, but surely it doesn't run a web server," which, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you don't think of it right. that way. Which I mean, if you if you jump on and you type an IP address in forward slash, you know, admin and something pops up, that device is running a web server. Yep. That's how that works. So, fun. And people think things like, well, as long as I don't expose it to the internet, not realizing that if any one computer in the entire network is compromised, that is another foothold step. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, there's just a kind of a lack of knowledge, a lack of security awareness well, around all the And that goes equipment. back to, like, just, just good security practices, right? Like, we should have controls and trust. You know, this is where you do, like, threat modeling, right? Where you're, you're building, like, trust zones and oh i don't i don't the, anything's coming from out here into there should not be trusted should be sanitized should be checked and because there is a road that makes these things connect where like you said this device does not connect to the internet per se but this device does and it is connected to that Such so i could pivot into that because it is trusted internally as well as has like network or uh, internet ex- uh, exposure is that road the information superhighway if you you're on the internet, you are on the information okay. highway. Making sure because I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't, All right. didn't Brian Adams make a song about you, you that? You wrote that. Are you? Life you read that article on AOL? Highway? Is that his? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> let's let's shift gears, but keep that last article in your mind. No. Uh, as we look at this next one, <laughs> which is who got pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah. I double-clicked again. I'm going to get yelled at. All right. Uh, this one also from ArsTechnica.com. Uh, European Parliament declares Russia a terrorism sponsor. Then its site goes down. And when we Weird say coincidence. it, it's not Russia's site that went down. It was the European Parliament. That's correct. <laughs> which they have a really sad little uh, 503 uh, graphic that they use, too. But uh, So the pro-Kremlin group called Killnet... Oh, cute name. Friendly, uh, friendly group. Yeah, yeah, nice guys. They took credit for the attack. Well, good for them. Uh, so I think that just makes the European Parliament go, yeah, see, told you. You know, so it, it does highlight a bit of a problem, though, right? So the, the European Parliament, they voted uh, overwhelmingly to designate Russia as a sponsor of terrorism, or, or the uh, Russian Federation. Uh, and when I say overwhelming, it was like 490 to 50 or something, uh, 494 votes to 58 against. So, and 44 uh, abstentions. Oh, all right. Well, a right. couple of middle of the rotors, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, you know what you find in the middle, right? A yellow line and roadkill. And roadkill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, which I, I always thought that saying was weird because in at least in the United States, it's not a yellow line in the middle, right? It's it's a white line in the middle. No, the yellow's no, on the it's, sides. It's yellow. Yellow. Yeah. yeah, it's white on the in sides. The white side. Okay. All right. Shows what I know. Uh, Don's been driving on for years. Uh, too. On the shoulder. I'm driving yeah. on the shoulder. He's like, what is everybody doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to kill us, Marjorie. <laughs> Get off the side. <laughs> so they, uh, they, they voted this against the Russian Federation, the country. But then their site went down by an attack claimed by Killnet, which is not necessarily a state-sponsored group of, of terrorism or cybercrime or whatever. They are a pro-Kremlin group, so they're a group that actually Russian? does support the Kremlin, I would assume. Well, they're yeah, fans. I mean, uh, that doesn't mean necessarily, right? <laughs> but, you know, this is, is where it's so hard to prove whether it's state-sponsored terrorism or just run-of-the-mill terrorism, right? Is this where they're like, because Russia has been so, you know, yeah, we got a hacker problem, uh, but I'm going to go over here. And, and they don't really do anything about that. It's kind of a, a safe haven for hackers, specifically 
you know, malicious hackers yeah, they, uh, that they're they're turning them and saying this is this is because of you not doing anything about it. Yeah, where they draw the line is they say, uh, look, if you're hacking people, but they're not Russian, yeah, then it's not a crime here, right? Right. If you're hacking some other country, yeah, as long as you don't hack us, that's not us. We'll leave you alone. And so the, the other country's laws apply, not ours, and we don't extradite. Yeah, it's not like they're on like good terms <laughs> yeah. with anybody else, hardly. So that's Iran. no different. Yeah. yeah. That's no Brazil. different than than a country than uh you know that that has uh, terrorist training camps even though they're not run by the government but yeah. they're not doing anything to stop it that they're you know they're aware of these things existing right. they turn a blind they're eye. turning a blind eye and yeah. that's that's what we're saying is happening here just as bad and you know it it's not just hacking that's like that do you guys remember the website all of mp3 I do not so back remind me back when Napster was a thing yeah. right people were starting to do music sharing yeah. a music store launched and you could you could buy MP3s on it, so just like Apple yeah. or anybody else. Uh, except they didn't bill per song; they billed per megabyte, hmm. and it was like dirt cheap. So fifteen cents for a hundred megabytes or something oh, like wow, that. And was, so yeah. you know, you were able to buy music super cheap, below what the price should be for anybody. Hmm. And when the music industry dug into it, they found that all right, so it was a it was a Russian company, and the way the Russian laws were at the time was, look, if you're stealing intellectual property from other countries, that's not us. And so that's not a crime. And so the all of MP3 people were not paying royalties at all. Mm. And and so they were bootlegging the MP3s and then selling them. So it was 100% profit. And that's why they could sell low. Uh, and finally, the recording industry had to say, like, you know, they had to seek international sanctions and stuff under copyright law to, to crack down on Russia. Uh, and so Russia ended up having to shut that company down. Nice. And and so that did happen. Like they they will take action on the international stage occasionally, but when it comes to hacking groups, they have not. And that's because they do have it kind of weaponized it, yeah. better than anybody else, as far as we can tell. And that's now why we're just going. I was still uh, spending one penny for ten CDs back then. Yeah, <laughs> Columbia. Old Columbia House. Oh, yeah. man. Can you still do that? It probably. <laughs> Columbia House. It's up to ten cents now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, inflation. Yeah. yeah. The gas prices and whatnot. Uh, all right. Columbia Thanks, House is still a thing, but it's <laughs> is that movie? It's though? DVDs. Like, yeah. DVDs. Nine ninety five each. That's not bad. But no, that's nowhere near as. Get your first yeah, two want... DVDs for ten dollars each. That sucks. That's. That's terrible compared to two DVDs for ten bucks each. Yeah, that's not a great uh, deal. The world has changed. Yeah, yeah. That's why people pirate you your stuff. Go to Daily Motion. And- <laughs> well, I'm used to spending a, a tenth of a penny on a CD. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then and then getting billed every month for <laughs> probably like thirty bucks a month or something from that point on for like one more CD. That's where they got you. You got to cancel. Yeah, I mean, I guess they still sell CDs. I've heard. Uh, do they really? Like, like you can go on Amazon okay, and buy CDs. So, like, they still sell records. The, the mall around where I where I live, they have they have CDs. You well, you, CDs you live in the country. I do. I bet they still have it's a blockbuster. It's actually kind of nice, man. You know, it was just the other day. I got two CDs. Okay, no one's the asking. Old set. <laughs> <laughs> no one's asking. Just like we didn't talk about Daniel's uh, soft Wii. Uh, we're not soft mod the Wii. Yep, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna. And then we played with it all weekend. It was great. What uh, CDs, Don? Well, uh, you know, almost. We should yeah. make you have to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, you're gonna commit to this yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> next time I'm pulled into HR, I go, well, what about Don? Did he get talked to? <laughs> I, I point like you to episode two eighty four. Yeah, that's a bit unfair. Here. Uh, Minute fifty three. Yeah. <laughs> just scroll to that one. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, so no one's shocked. Russia uh, sponsors terrorism, and Russia proves why. Good for them. Russia being <laughs> Russia. Belarus, that's another friend of theirs. Yeah? They're good buddies. It's kind of fun to say Belarus. I don't know why. I, I have a hard time. I always mix up Bolivia and Belarus. Uh, I mean, they both start with BEL, yeah. but they're on opposite sides of the planet. Completely different. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like... Uh, Guinea or, or Guiana and what? What? There's there's a country in Papua New Guinea. Well, no, there's one in South America, and then there's there's the one in Africa, and I always get those confused as well. Good story. We're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get more uh, more people uh, telling us about our geography. We do Why do we always? We were just the we always here. start these conversations, and we're yeah. like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I know things. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know what country I'm thinking of. Uruguay, the Uruguay. Falkland Islands, <laughs> the Falkland Islands. <laughs> yeah, 
All right. Who knows? The two Omotus. Oh, no. It's, Gu- it's Guinea and Ghana is what I confuse. And they're both in Africa. All right. So that's, yeah. Okay. That's less. We'll give you that one. Judges will allow it. I mean, and the countries change names there so often. What are you trying to say? I, th- I can't keep track. I didn't know this was a country. I'm looking at some of these going, that's a country? It is a rapidly changing political situation. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is. It just makes the World Cup tough to follow. It really <laughs> Like, I can who? see the TV. <laughs> oh, how we do it? I don't know. Okay. There's people with a ball. But it's Thursday. waving his arms. Like it's Thursday. <laughs> All right. I uh, want to let you know about something coming up. Actually, something that's ongoing right now, uh, but the end is coming up soon. The 12 Days of IT. It's the third time we've done it here uh, at IT Pro. And uh, if you head over to itpro.tv slash 12 days, uh, you can sign up. So what we'll do is 12 different unboxings of different uh, tech gadgets, fun products, uh things you could use at work, things you can use at home. Uh, and then at the end, uh, we will give all those things away on a YouTube Live on December 9th. That'll be 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so visit uh, visit that website or head over to our YouTube channel and uh, and make sure that you kind of bookmark that YouTube Live and come back and check it out December 9th, 2 p.m. See if you win. Just have to fill out a little form and got some cool stuff on there. And... Uh, yeah, and also go ahead and head over to, uh, what is it, technado.com, and you can see all the latest episodes. You can uh, see the, the swag we've got. You can let us know uh, how bad we are at geography. Uh, in the, in, uh, I think we, we proved yeah, that today. We've established yeah. that. <laughs> you can confirm it or, or educate us. Uh, I would basically. not do well on where in the world is Carmen San Diego. The, uh, the African map would show up, and you just a... see the kid like despair. Yeah, I'm oh. done. Yeah, yeah, but then I see where they have Europeans try to like fill in all the states, and oh, like, they can't do it. Yeah, uh, West Ohio. I don't know. Yeah. You can try and get Americans to fill in yeah, all the no, states and true. watch them fail pretty that's horribly. True. We're not good at that. Uh, but uh, yeah, while you're on that site, there's a big orange button that says uh, "Sponsored by IT Pro." Click on that. You can get 30 percent off of your personal membership to IT Pro. Uh, very easy to do that. You can also request a team trial and see all the great features available to teams uh, from IT Pro as well, like the Pro Portal. Uh, cool stuff there. So check that out. All right. Uh, that's all the stuff I have to say. So uh, any any closing thoughts, guys? We said things, too. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable. There we go. Perfect. Commitment to excellence. Yeah. All right. And enjoy playing with your Wii. And, you know uh, I will. And enjoy your CDs. And all of you, enjoy your week, and uh, we will see you next week right here on Technado.